0: California, which was absolutely fantastic. So you will hear more from that. We'll gradually unpack that. I'll share a little story from the trip this morning to start us off. And we've also been able to see our son and daughter-in-law and beautiful grandson in Canada, which was great. And then there was a third element to the trip, which was quite a sort of Holy Spirit mystery that started off as a business connection and ended up really being um, a Holy Spirit connection, which was very exciting. But three weeks away, we were really ready to be back here amongst all of you. And it was brilliant to wake up on Tuesday morning and think, worship! And get down here and join with family who love to be in the presence of God. And, you know, that's fantastic. And I think we both like to also give a big thank you to the Applins and the Stubsies and the Lings who were a fantastic team just keeping things moving forward, not just holding the fort, moving forward while we were away and you know that is such a blessing. Earlier days, long long time ago, it sometimes used to feel like if we were away, oh gosh what's going to happen, how are we going to keep momentum but definitely this family has grown, and grown in maturity, and so I really want to say thank you and commend you all for that, which is brilliant. So, what are we going to talk about today? Could you find that PowerPoint for me, please? Um, There it is. The good news is for all. This month we've been thinking about salvation, we've been thinking about the community, we've been thinking about that which he's given to us is actually for everybody, isn't it? And so um, I'm going to give us a little biblical introduction and then invite three people uh, from this family to share a little bit of the different and unique ways that they are connecting into the community and being themselves in sharing the good news. So um, let's, let's open up our Bibles, if you've got them, to This passage, I'm just going to speak from this one passage this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting verse 16. And as we approach your word for Father God this morning, we humble ourselves. May say, Teach us your word. Holy Spirit, illuminate your word to us, each one, this morning. Please bring it alive to each one of us. So when we leave today, each one of us can say, I've eaten of the word. I know what he's saying to me. And I've got a grace to move on it. So here we are, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a... The old has, and the new has. Let's just ponder that for a moment. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Something new, complete new birth has happened. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So this complete fresh start that you and I have with God is a gift he's given us. He's decided not to count our sins against us. He's said, just come home to me, son. And we've run into his arms and he's made us a complete new, regenerated Lisa, a regenerated Phil, a regenerated Heather. And he has done everything that's necessary for me to be reconciled to him, to get along with him, to be engaged with him, that there should be no distance between us. Verse 19. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. I think this is phenomenal. As though God were making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the message. Be reconciled to God. That's the good news. God decided not to count men's sins against them, but to deal with those sins as he did on the cross in Christ, to remove every stumbling block from a reconciling embrace, father to son. That's incredible, isn't it? Taking it totally upon himself. So we don't have to make ourselves better to be reconciled. He just says, Come home to me. Let's get together. It's a song and feel all right. (laughs) Anyway, so my first point from this, if you can move the scripture on on the thingy, if that's possible. Next one. Next one, that's it, is this, that the word says there that we should now regard no one from a worldly point of view. It, that's talking about the way I view people, the way I atti- my attitude towards people, that because God has done this amazing thing for me, it should now affect how I look at other people. Because while I was still a sinner, Jesus died for me. So I should have the same attitude of grace and mercy to absolutely every other human being on the planet. My parents, my kids, my work colleagues, my neighbours, my enemies my friends, my church family. An attitude of not counting their sins against them. This is a really, really fundamental and important mindset that I've had to make adjustments for, I realize during my walk with the Lord. Because, you know, we Christians, we can be terribly judgmental of other people. Even in our prayers, we can tell God all about the problems of our neighbours. Well, you realise, Lord, they're so wrapped up in their materialistic, materialistic lives that they don't really know you and they're focused on this and they've got this love of money or this love of alcohol or whatever, consolidating the problems through my own words even in prayers. And so he's begun to change my mind because his mind towards every person, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, is I've chosen not to count their sins against them. I've dealt with it. I've paid the price. I am choosing not to focus on their faults. I just want them home, I just want them home. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as I say these words, we would get your heart, I would get your heart more, I'd get your attitude more, so that I can represent you how you want to be represented. Because the way I think about a person will come over in the way I deal with them. So th- that's the first point. It's important that we get a renewed mind, a God way of thinking about everyone. Okay. Second point, what is this new um, perspective? I think it's the next slide. That's lovely. Thank you. And So what is this new way of thinking? Well, the first one, for those who are in Christ, it says in that passage, doesn't it? That we should view one another as new creations. That you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. There's a new you that is becoming more apparent and growing. And I need to treat you in the light of that identity in Christ, the born again the born-again Beth, the born-again Sam. Who you are in Christ. You're a son. You're a prince. You're in the royal priesthood. You're holy. You're set apart. That's who you are. Okay? So that we view one another as saints to be honoured and not sinners to be managed, controlled and told what to do. It's a really important thing for church leaders to think about so that when we address uh, people in congregations, we're addressing the new holy saint and calling out everything that's good in a person rather than using our talks and things to try and control people's behaviour because we think they're sinners. And, you know, yes, people will say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But while we keep that mindset, that's what we will be, a sinner. (laughs) But when I have an attitude towards you that you're a saint and you believe you're a saint, you'll live like a saint. You'll, You'll manifest that, as it were. So we've got this new identity in Christ as sons. So what should be our attitude to those who are not yet in Christ? That's the phrase I like to use rather than non-Christians or agnostics or atheists or whatever. Not yet in Christ. Because it leaves the possibility that they will become becoming home to the Father. So those not yet in Christ, what's the attitude we should have? Well, we take this scripture and we say, okay, Father's chosen in this era since the sacrifice of Christ for mercy to triumph over judgment. I'm not saying sin is okay and anybody can do what they like. Please don't misunderstand me there. But he's chosen for something to outweigh his judgment. And the thing that he's chosen to outweigh judgment of mankind's sins is mercy, to say, I am ready to give you another chance. I am ready to clean you up, make you new, to receive you and make you my son. So those not yet in Christ, we do not have the right to be judgmental of or have any condemning attitudes towards them. That applies even to some of my neighbours who in the past have um, really done some despicable things which I will not go into. I don't have the right to have, and I've walked through this and prayed through this and gone through the agonies of trying to get our mind lining up with God's mind towards them. So our view towards them is that they are people that God's created and loved who merely need to be reconciled to their father. Shall I say that again? Those who are not yet Christians are people that God has created. He is their father too and he loved them. He's paid the price for He just wants them to come home too, okay? So once we've, the the next slide, once we've got a renewed mind and we've really worked that through in our attitude to people, then we're in a position to start to do the second part of the verse to fulfil the mission that he's got for us. Those who've already been reconciled. He's got a mission for us. And the mission is to express his appeal to be reconciled to those who are not yet coming home to the Father. Okay, that's our mission. And he calls us ambassadors. So let's have a look at what that is. Next slide. I looked it up and it said this. An ambassador is a minister sent by one sovereign to another. So, we're sent. Okay? It's a minister who's permanently representing the sovereign. So, you and I are permanently representing Father, not just when we're doing an outreach somewhere, okay? But all of the time, every minute of every day, you and I are representing the Father to those who are not yet saved. And it also said in this definition that an ambassador is an official messenger. An official messenger. That's who you are if you are in Christ. So shall we just declare that together? Because it's good to say it out loud and for us to hear ourselves say these things. So here we go. Let's say these three points together. I am sent, I permanently represent Jesus, and I am Father's official messenger. That is part of our new identity in Christ Jesus. I'm a son, I'm a child, I'm a um, servant, I'm an ambassador. Ambassadors are important people, aren't they? Don't they get special privileges sometimes? Yeah. So this is who we are. So how are we, gonna, how are we doing about this? Those of you who have asked to share, we're nearly there. So be ready, okay? How are we doing at this? Next, next slide, please. What I'd like us to think about this morning is, first of all, that fundamental thing of what are my thoughts and attitudes towards all of those around me in my life? Have I allowed Father to renew my mind so that my attitude is right? So that I don't approach people with any kind of judgment towards them? Because if that's in me, it will come out of me towards them. And they will think that Father judges them will confirm their misconception that he's an angry God. So for me, this has affected the way I start to tell the gospel. In the past, I was taught to start with, we've got a problem, it's called sin. In other words, you're a sinner. Doesn't sound like good news to start off with, does it? It might be true, but I've adjusted this now. To say, you're an amazing person that God really wants to connect with. And he's done everything that's necessary for you to come home to him and know him. Sounds a bit more like good news, doesn't it? Which will involve repentance of sin. I'm not throwing that out. Please don't misunderstand me. okay? But I'm saying that. We need to get the attitude that Father has of, look, I've dealt with this. I don't want there to be anything to stop anyone coming home. All right? And to carry that heart as if He's making that appeal through us to people. So think about that. How have I been viewing my aggravating work colleague? my neighbour, my really annoying family member, whatever. Because other, if we don't deal with that first, otherwise what will come over from this morning's message is you ought to be going and saving people by telling them the gospel. And it would be heavy and it would be legalistic. That's not what I want to come over what I hope and pray will come over today is we have got such an amazing privilege and we carry the most important message in all of the world. And he's saying that you and I are good enough, good enough to carry his message to someone else. Wow! And he's choosing, you and me, to be good news bearers. I'd always rather be a good news bearer than a bad news bearer, wouldn't you? (laughs) That's that's what his call is on us. So this is the second thing. Have I accepted Father's commission to be his ambassador? Because I think there's quite a lot of churchgoers who are really glad to be in the family of God but they don't think they're very good at conveying the message. And they see others who might be better, who we call evangelists, and say, well, I'll leave it to them. I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor, or I'm a this, or I'm a that, within the body of Christ. So I'll opt out from this. But as I read the Bible, it makes it clear to me that Every believer is called to be an ambassador. There is no opt-out clause because we all represent him all of the time. The thing is, we just need to find out our own unique way of representing him and not try to be like someone else. And then we'll like it. And then we'll be effective because we'll think, "Oh." I'm made for this way of representing him. So think about how you personally are going about now representing the father in your life, okay? And while you're thinking, could I invite up, let's start with Karen, and ask three different people from the family just to share a little bit of how this is working out for them. I'm not holding them up as perfect examples, because none of us are, but maybe to trigger some thoughts in us um, and to encourage us to find our way. Um, We live in Blandford, which is North Dorset, and we've lived there for about 20 years now, and um, there are a number of people within um, the church that that live in Blandford, and we're quite a nice little community, really, (laughs) in Blandford. Um, Some years ago, Di and I um, started a a coffee group in her home, and um, we met every week, and uh, it was a regular thing. And then um, we felt that we ought to do something a little bit more proactive out of this coffee group, and so we decided that we would meet every Monday morning, but we would meet in one of the many coffee houses that there are in Bamford. So um, we decided that... Okay, we were going to do this as a regular event and that we were going to be more proactive in asking um, friends that weren't Christians to come along and have coffee with us. So now, every Monday morning, we meet in the Crown Hotel or the Sealy Suite at the moment because they're renovating the Crown Hotel. And we meet with people that are not Christians. Um, The group's changed over the years and we've had different people come in. But um, it's a really great time just to be natural <laughs> with other people and just to share your life and your experiences with other people. And uh, <clears throat> over the years, we've had the opportunity to talk about, well, what have you been doing at the weekend? You know, and you know, we say, well, we've had this amazing thing on our church this weekend. So, uh, this guy came and he talked about healing. And we were able to, to share you know, different things about what's been going on with us. And um, recently, um, one of the ladies, she's um, had a, a bad back problem, and I just said to her, "Would you like me to pray for you?" And she said, "Yes, please, I would love that." And I said, "Well, would you like me to do it now?" And she said, "Yes, please, I would love that." And she just accepted the love of God and just um, the fact that I was praying with her. So. It, it was just a wonderful opportunity. So that's one thing. Um, Alistair and I also, on a Saturday morning, not every Saturday, but quite regularly on a Saturday morning, we meet in another coffee shop <laughs> in Blamford, um with a couple of friends. Who um, He uh, was a teacher with Alistair a number of years ago, and um, his daughter very nearly died. And we prayed for this. Little baby who had meningitis, and um, that the night we prayed for her, she miraculously turned around and became better. And he accepted that that was God that had done that for his little girl, and he gave his life to Christ. Well, um, his wife is French; she's got a Roman Catholic background, and she hasn't actually given her life to Christ yet. But we regularly meet with them on a Saturday morning in this coffee shop in Bramford. And it's not just meeting with them. Um, this, this coffee shop has a real sense of community in it. It's every Saturday you see the same faces in this coffee shop. So we've been doing this for a number of years now. So we've got to know the other people that come on a Saturday morning to the coffee shop. And they are, some of them are very, very colourful characters. <laughs> very, very colourful characters, as Heather was saying. Um, you know... They, they come from backgrounds and, and situations that we just can't even comprehend. <laughs> you know, they're, they're very, very different. Um, but they give us the... Well, we, we have the opportunity to bless them and to talk to them and just to share our lives with them. And we have actually prayed with some of them. Some of the um, There's a guy who's very disabled who comes in, and we've been able to pray with him. There was a lady whose husband died quite suddenly, and uh, she was quite elderly. And actually, she started off being quite a, an angry, bitter sort of person, but we gradually sort of got in there, and um, we were able to pray with her. She moved away, and she wanted to come and see us before she moved away, and she wanted us to bless her and, to, and, and that before she went. So that was a wonderful opportunity as well. So it was just, it's just doing life, really, naturally. And just sharing our lives and just being ourselves to to other people. Also, out of the coffee group, um, Di and I have both got a real passion for books, for reading. And we decided that we would start a book club, which we we now run. We have started it in 2010, so it's been going for a number of years now. And again, we meet with people, some of us are Christians, some of us are not. And uh, we discuss all sorts of books, but it's actually through the books, through the topics, through the issues that come up through the books, we're able to um, just talk from our own points of view of how we see life. Um, so, you know, we've, we've talked about things about end of life. Um, we've talked about things like, um, you know, suicide. We've talked about all sorts of things. Um, we've talked about... Uh, people that are uh, involved in African situations, all, all sorts of things. But we're able to share from our point of view and, and from our faith. And uh, yes, again, that's been really good. And over the, over the years, we've had different people coming in and out. And, and that's been a wonderful opportunity as well. Shall I just share that picture? Um, before, we, we, um, the, before the service, we were sitting in the prayer room, and I was just reminded of the story of Jesus, where he said, you know, he said that we're all fishers of men, didn't he? And um, he he said to his disciples, well, his disciples were out fishing in the boat, and they'd been fishing all night, and they hadn't caught anything. And um, they came in, and and they were very disappointed. And Jesus said to them, go out again and put the net on the other side. And they did, and they caught all this fish. And I just felt God say that, you know, he's not saying you to do things... You know, do different things, but to think differently about the way that you do it. So, um, you know, as I say, having coffee is something that is just every day, you know, everyone does it, but just do it differently. And and running our book club, you know, it's something that's really, really popular nowadays, book clubs, but we do it differently. So, yeah. Thank you. So that's really good. Coffee. And books. That's Karen's way. That comes naturally to her, and then she's letting God work through what comes naturally. So, Mike, come on up. We need to hear from a guy, don't we? So, his attitude and approach will be a bit different, I imagine.
1: I think we go from the sublime to the ridiculous, to be honest. <laughs> Coffee and books. Uh, I do football. Um, a couple of times a week i play on, on a Thursday and i play on a Friday um, and uh, I think the, the, the significant thing is it, it is just you and God in you and that, could you stop deflating that child please <laughs> <laughs> if you take the bung out they make that noise I don't know if you've noticed the, the, the um so so, I play on a on a Thursday with a bunch of guys and and there's several non Christians there there are There are actually three of us who are christians but in in meeting with these guys um <laughs> carrier yeah 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 she she's lovely the um yeah well, bring her up our a cuddler while i'm talking You could she could do that into the microphone actually couldn't she uh yeah so so One of the guys on on a Thursday, he started playing with us, and uh, and we we were just we go up to the pub afterwards. We have to we play, we sweat out a lot of fluid, and then we go back and we replace the lost fluid, obviously. And and we were just we were just chatting, and and he looked at me. and says something different, something a bit different about you, isn't there? You know, he said like you don't swear, which was unusual, really, because he was the bloke who kicks me the most. Actually, while we are playing. So I obviously kept it all under my breath. Um, and and we, we've, had a, we've never had any really hugely deep conversation because we're blokes and we play football and drink beer. But he, he texts me. We, were, we went out for curry. You know, we do that regularly, curry and beer. And we were sat there chatting and this guy opposite us just shared something personal that really is a, is a big, big thing that's happening in his life. The next day, Paul texts me and say, "Oh look, you know what Gary was sharing. Will will you? You'll be praying for him, won't you?" Oh, uh, uh, when stuff happens, Paul's on the, on the text. I, so I always t- I text back. Well, yes, I will. I have been, but he listens to you as well, Paul. So you know. So th- so that is one. Another guy who used to come on a Friday. Uh, he, he used to manage a shop that I'd buy a lot of gear from. And we were just chatting again, you know, he supports Oxford, and we, so, so I said, we'll come along and play on a Friday. So he would come in, and he'd come along and play, and then on Fridays, we tend to go back to our house and have a few beers. Again, it is important to replace the fluid again, you see. But he would come back, and, and we'd, had, we'd had a few chats up at the shop sometimes, we'd have a few chats, and, you know, it, they weren't ever hugely deep conversations. But he phoned me one day and he said, Mike, can we meet up? Could we get together sometime? So I said, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm, he, a- he actually said, I'm thinking of leaving my wife. So I said, uh, well, yeah, okay, let's, let's meet up then. So we found a pub halfway between us because blokes meet in pubs, okay? Coffee shops don't really happen a great deal with blokes, but we do tend to meet in pubs. It's very neutral territory. You know, it's meeting him on his ground, as it were. And and so. What's on your ground? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, no, I'm just identifying with the others here. And uh, so, so so we met and we had a chat, and, and I said, Look, you know, you, you know where I'm going to come from with this, mate. You've made some promises, and you know. And he said, Yeah, yeah, I know what you're going to say. And, and to be honest, I really don't think I said anything of any great significance to him. I don't. But, and we met once. Over this issue. And he, he. I went into the shop and he, he said to me, Oh no, he actually left the shop, that's right. He left the shop, he phoned me. And he said, Mike, I so appreciate you meeting up, you know. Uh, we're gonna. I've talked with Joe, we're just gonna. We're gonna make, go for it and make it happen. And, and you know, you, you could have knocked me over with a feather because I haven't said anything, to be perfectly honest with you. I'd really not said anything. I just said, Mate, you need to get stuck in there and see this thing through you know and and oh absolutely told him the truth (laughs) said look well i'm here if you if you want to meet up more or if you want me to meet with you and joe or whatever uh, you know i don't do counseling and i'm not trained in anything but i'm a mate and i'll happily be there for you so so that was chris that was paul there was one other there were two two other things i'll give you very quick stories before the alarm goes off one one of them One of them, there was, a, there was a lovely young lady who came to this church, got born again, got baptised. Her hubby thought, what a bunch of weirdos, you know, and, you know, justifiably, honestly, when he looked, <laughs> when he looked around, you know. Came, when, when, when this particular young lady got, got um, baptised, he came in, saw her get dunked was out again, you know, didn't really want to. But anyway, I said, well, why don't you come along and play football? So he came along. And we used to go up the pub afterwards before we used to go back to mine. And, and he, he yeah, we played darts as well then, as well, which is another blokey sort of thing. So, and, but he, do you know what? He just suddenly realised, and get this, we're normal. Now, doesn't that make you laugh? Now, it really <laughs> does. We're n- we are normal. So, so, but young Kev actually sat over there. He came along then to, a, to a, uh, an alpha course. We were praying for him. That really helps, praying, by the way. And, and there he is, sat over there, smiling at us, born again, filled with the spirit, eh? And his team were in the Premier League as well. So. And they beat Man United. Eh? Oh, I tell you what, his life could not be better than it is at this very moment. And the other story, if you want the other story, speak to Adrian, okay? Okay,
0: thank you. That's fantastic. So you get the impression that he's quite enjoying is enjoying the process, and that's an important thing. Be yourself, enjoy, but remember, I'm an ambassador, and it's the way I'm thinking about the people that matters. Lisa,
2: come on up. Um, Right, so I run the Little Lights Baby and Toddler Group, for those of you who don't know. Um, One great thing about having children is that you enter this whole new world that you never knew really existed. Uh, which means you have to go and meet lots of other people that you wouldn't normally talk to, um, just on the basis that you all have children approximately the same age. Um, And you have to be friendly, and you have to talk about feeding and bedtimes and all sorts of things. And I'm not actually very good at talking to people. So, God has been very good and has helped me to be able to speak to people a little better. So, although it wouldn't be my natural starting place to run a baby and toddler group, God has helped me to do that, so um, you don't have to have all the skills to start with. Just having a child is one of the main requisites, it turns out, for doing baby and toddler. So we meet on a Thursday here every week, and during the holidays we do lots of all sorts of other things, and we started because I had a six-month-old, and I didn't like anybody else's groups, especially the church ones, because you went in and you had to sit through a Bible study talk thing for the children, and there was this children running around and you had to sing great big God and my God is an awesome God and all sorts of stuff like that which seemed really uncomfortable <laughs> and you had to pray and, and I'm a Christian so goodness knows what all the other people thought about it and so anyway I decided that it wasn't really for me and, um, and if you don't like what's out there get on and just set something up yourself so we did yeah. and we made a very conscious decision that we would have absolutely no spiritual input whatsoever. The great thing is we have a lot of Holy Spirit here, so it really doesn't matter. And what we found is that we get a lot of people who come and they've said, there's something different here. There's something different about the building. Now, we know what that is. We know that's the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. But they say their children are different when they come in this building. They are different when they come in this building. Um, And they they can't quite work it out. So we thought, well, we've got a way of uh, sort of telling you how. You know, this works. And so we started lots of other opt-in groups. So uh, although we have no spiritual input here on a Thursday morning, we do have, on a Thursday lunchtime, lunch club. And we did do, we've had alpha groups for the ladies. We've had parenting on purpose, marvellous mums groups. And I make it very, very clear for any of those opt-in groups what the Christian, you know, input's going to be. You know, at what sort of level. And you know what? They all choose to come. Because they're given the choice to, and they're keen to find out, and they know that we do it in a loving, kind way. Our message at Lunch Club is always that you are special, you are wanted, you're a child of God, even if you don't know it quite yet. Your children are special, Um, you don't need to change right now, you don't need to stop drinking and smoking and living with your partner, because that's what people think they have to do to get to know God, that they have to sort themselves out first. So one of the things we always say is that, you know, you are accepted as you are, and that's the message that they get um, at lunch club. Uh, Lydia's starting up Little Bake, which will be great, we'll do baking together, and although it sounds like all we're doing is just getting together, the conversations that we have while we're doing these things, you know, we did Bake and Make, and it's amazing, we were just praying for people while we made cakes. So on a Thursday morning at Little Lights, we may do a lot of coffee drinking, but uh, Susan and Di are in the kitchen, and they're not just making tea and coffee. They are praying for people, chatting to people. They, the ladies here will tell Susan and Di some of the deepest things about their lives because they know that they're safe here, and they're not judged, and they're loved. And that's a really special thing for some of those people. They, don't, they don't, maybe don't know any other Christians or, you know, sort of, um, or have family to talk to. And they know they can come here. And we've been through births, marriages and deaths and everything in between. And um, they are very keen to share and to, to find out what we think about stuff as well. And, you know, and we try and do that in the best way that we can. Um, and so you probably will never meet any of them. <laughs> That's the truth of it. They certainly won't be here on a second and a fourth Sunday. You might see them at Cafe Church. You might see them at Pit Stop. And if you do, say hello. And... Um, you know, we're only putting the first seeds in, it might be that at some point you'll meet them and you'll be part of the watering. So for something like cafe church, you might think, oh, it's not really my thing. It's not very deeply spiritual and all that. You might be on the table with one of my little lights ladies who really needs to hear from you because you've got a story to tell. You know, your testimony might be the thing that takes them to another level and another level. So there we go. Thank you so much. Wow, that's brilliant. Am
0: I right in thinking, Lisa, that one of the reasons as well why you started the toddler group was like a prophetic uh, word that Judith or somebody like that might have given you, Uh, saying they saw you with a lot of uh, mums or ladies around you. So there was also that new way of thinking that you had to think, what does that mean Uh, and so on. And so I wanted to bring that up to tie into this renewed mind thing. Yeah. So they called it before she started to, to do it. And then Lisa worked out what that was going to look like. And probably to Lisa, that God's viewpoint of who she is would have perhaps not sat too easily with her at first, because as she said, she didn't think of herself as somebody who could quite easily strike up conversation with you. But, you know, I really want to affirm her because over the years, and I've said to a number of others here, I reckon Lisa's one of the most effective evangelists in this church. But she probably wouldn't call herself that at all. Because you've got a certain image of what that is, and you're not that. But in terms of connecting with people... Uh, helping them another step along the way, giving them opportunity to find out more, even if you don't tell them it, then that's been really, really effective. So what I'd like us to do, we've got five more minutes before the 12.15 collect your kids thing comes, um, uh, is to actually uh, have a moment or two with one another to share a little bit and pray for each other We'll come back at the end of five minutes. Parents, if you need to go then, go and collect your kids. I'll tell you one short story along these lines from our trip that we've just had. And then, then we'll bless one another and go. Okay? So this is what I'd like to invite you to do. To, in a pair or a three, not with somebody you came with. Very quickly, this is going to be a real challenge to do in about four minutes, find another person or two and just share with them where you're at with this personally. Think, how do I connect with people? Just share that, whether that's good, bad or indifferent at the moment and hear one another very briefly, no long stories. So it might be through work, it might be in your neighbourhood, it might be through another sport or something, an interest you have. And then I'd like you to pray for each other about that and bless one another, that you would be effective and be yourself in it. okay? And that this way we get more aware of the different ways people are connecting into the community. So here we go, one, two, three, go, and I'll call you back in four minutes.